Welcome to a new episode of From the Honeycomb, a podcast that creates a spark of positive energy in your home to design, architecture, yoga, meditation, and travel. I've created this podcast as a place to come for design inspiration and especially to learn about Vastu Shastra with the modern approach. I am your host, Katerina Borinova, and welcome to From the Honeycomb. So one of my more popular episodes has been, what does an architect even do? And so I thought I'd share with you what an architect does before they begin practicing and are in the field of architecture. Because I've heard so many times people tell me that they want to be an architect, but maybe we are bad at math. And, well, you're about to find out you don't even really have math classes in architecture school. All right, well, before we dive into the world of architecture school, let's take a moment to really ground down and take a moment to think of something that we are grateful for. Whatever it is right now, whether it's big, small, anything in your life right now that has brought you a sense of gratitude. And so for me right now, I was thinking of what I'm grateful for and it's living so close to the beach because over the weekend it was really nice. I live in Southern California, Orange County to be more specific. And this past weekend we went to the beach and it wasn't too hot but we still jumped in which pacific ocean is kind of cooler it's definitely cooler than what the caribbean ocean was while we were in belize but we dived in jesse went snorkeling i kind of just took my fins and was just kind of you know splashing around and just enjoying the ocean but i am also pisces so i'm a water sign so of course i am most comfortable in water and jesse's a scorpio so he's also comfortable in water and so it was just so great to be in the ocean and I'm just so grateful that we really are only like a five minute drive on the beach but the one beach we like to go to is about 20 minutes so yeah that is what I'm grateful for So as you all know, I went to architecture school and I'm currently pursuing my architecture license right now. If you're more curious to learn about that, I have two episodes, like I mentioned. There's the episode of what does an architect even do? And I have an episode, the road to licensure. So I'll provide a link in the show notes if you're interested in listening to those. But architecture school. So this is for architecture schools in the United States. How it works abroad. I don't know, but this is all about architecture schools in the U.S. And so I went to Illinois Institute of Technology, which is a small private school in south side of Chicago, and it is a five-year program. So there's quite a little difference, which I didn't know about this going into architecture school, but there is a difference. You can take a five-year program, or what you can do is a four plus two years. So four years of undergraduate where you get your bachelor's and two years where you get your master's. If you do the four, you have to do the two or you do the five year where you get your bachelor's of architecture. So I did the five year. I really didn't want to be in school another year. (laughs) I wanted to get in, get out. So I took the five year program. But when I was applying to colleges in high school, so my senior year of high school for my international listeners, is your senior year of high school, you apply to university. 
And so I applied to, I think it was 15 schools. I didn't have my heart set on a specific school. I had my top five. I got into my top five and I kind of went from there. Also what helped was um, my stepdad's a professor. And so because he teaches at a private, small private school, uh, university here in Southern California, I was able to get like a tuition exchange. So I was able to get either really good scholarships at certain schools or have my tuition paid in full. And so at the end of the day, it was down to two schools, Illinois Institute of Technology and Boulder in Colorado. Boulder was going to have to be full price. I was going to pay out of state. Um, so about, yeah, 11 years ago, it was $40,000 a year for out of state. In state was 7,000, I believe. But at Illinois Tech, I was able to get free tuition. Their tuition, I think now is like 53,000 a year but I got it paid for. And if you times five by at least 53, that's about a quarter of a million dollars. And so that is what we saved on me going to school. And also I wanted to live in Chicago in a city. I wanted to experience the four seasons. I was kind of spoiled and a little ungrateful as a high schooler here in Southern California where we don't really have many seasons. And so I wanted to go back, experience, because I did grow up um, on the East Coast. I actually lived in Colorado, the Czech Republic. And so I really wanted to experience winter again and live in the city. I thought that was really cool. So there I was. I started, yeah, architecture school in 2010, graduated 2015 from Illinois Tech. And I have to say, looking back on it, it was definitely more of a school that was geared towards education not proper not like parties and like the social aspect um it's a pretty small school I think we we're about seven to ten thousand people and the ratio just is fun fact is definitely a tech school it's 70 percent male 30 percent female so just to kind of give you a background on where I went to architecture school so it was more tech-based more and not as much engineering but it definitely wasn't a very artsy school so it's kind of a nice mix in between and so the main class you have in architecture school is called studio studio is the main class you have it all five years all six years it is your main focus it is what you spend the most time on for me it was six credits we had it 12 hours a week Monday, Wednesday, Friday, from 2 p.m. to 6 p.m., but it always went over. And so what studio was is your whole class, my school, my class was a class, we were about 100, 110. Kids constantly were dropping out or transferring. So we're about a group of 100, 110. And in each studio group, I would say you have between 8 to 10 of your classmates and you have one professor. And your studio is where you work on your project every semester and or it could be quarter depending on how your school system is structured but we were every semester and that is like your core like I said focus that's where you get a project that you get assigned and then you design it you build a model you do all the renderings for it the plans everything that you apply for like everything architecture based is obviously part of this class there are extra classes you do take but they don't mean as much and the other professors know that. They know that studio is your focus. So usually like we would have at the fine, our final uh, for studio was a week before all the other finals because everybody knew you were trying to get your project done, whatever it was, and that 
after your studio project was done, then you had a couple days to catch up, study, cram for whatever you had to do for your other classes. But every professor knew you have an architecture student in your class. Like, let's say you had to take, I had to take a psychology class for some credits. My professor knew she's an architecture. She's not even here the week before the finals because she has her studio project that's due. In studio, you spend seven days a week working on your project. Saturday, Sunday, you are in your studio. You are working. Everybody is there up late at night. That's where all your all-nighters come in, which I have to say... I, looking back, I think I only pulled three all-nighters, which I'm really proud of myself for. A lot of my classmates pulled multiple all-nighters in a row. I unfortunately cannot function. Um, the first time I had an all-nighter, I had drank so much caffeine, I thought I was going to die the next day. I could barely even present our project. It was a group project. So I kind of told myself, you know what? We're going to avoid this because I just could not function. So what I would do to avoid all-nighters is I would work maybe till 1 a.m. and then sleep for four hours, wake up at five and continue, but I just needed that rest. But it is very common to pull all-nighters, especially to get your projects done for your final. A lot of the time, which I didn't like this and I just, I kind of refused to do this, is a lot of professors, for some reason, decided to change your project or your idea. They like to change it like a week or two before the final project is due and so a lot of my classmates would be scrambling and making sure that they did whatever the professor wanted and I was kind of a B C student I had a few A's but nobody checks your GPA after you graduate from architecture school so I was just there like you know what I don't want to stress about this I'm not going to pull an all-nighter so you just get what you get you should have told me this a couple weeks ago so that's kind of the attitude I had about it which I'm really glad because I just I can't function after all-nighters so yeah and as I said, if you're worried about math, you really don't have to be worried about math when you go into architecture school. I know my first year I had two math classes. I think it was like mostly geometry and it was pretty similar to the geometry I took in high school. So don't really be worried about it. And again, the professors know you're kind of just taking this class because you have to, but your main focus is studio. Now, there's also structures classes. I had two semesters, actually maybe three, now thinking about it, where I had three semesters of structures and the exams were open note. So we had all the formulas written down and the professors just wanted to make sure that you understood the concept, you knew how to apply the formula to certain scenarios. And even looking at my architecture exams that I'm taking now to become licensed, I don't really need to know all those formulas it's more of a concept. Do you understand the concept of tension, compression, torsion? What When loads are applied to something, do you know how the structure or the member is going to act? And that's more of what they're focused on now because in the real world, you're going to hire a structural engineer, so it doesn't really matter. I mean, it matters. I guess you should matter. You know, you understand the basics of structure, but don't let that deter you. And that's what I keep always hearing. It's like when I tell someone, oh yeah, I went to architecture school, I'm becoming an architect. It's like, oh, I really wanted to, but yeah, I don't know if I was good at math or science, like physics. I had one semester of physics and my final was you had to build a bridge out of toothpicks and then the professor would put weights on it. If your bridge lasted like to a certain point, then you got an A, a B, a C, or a D, or you failed. And at the time, my roommate was an engineer, civil engineer. 
So I was like, hey, can you help me with this bridge? <laughs> I don't know, like, let me like give you an idea of the design because it wasn't all about design and how it looked. Um, so he actually ended up helping me, which I felt like was a real world situation where I would reach out to, even though he was a civil engineer, he did have a lot more engineering background than I had. So I confirmed that the way the bridge was gonna be built, it would work. And I don't even know what grade I got in that class. But we also had art history classes, which were very similar to the art history class I took in high school. So all of these like supplementary classes, they were just kind of filler because again, your main class was studio and studio changed throughout each year. So my first year, we actually still did hand drafting. So if you are familiar with old architecture plans, there's like the blueprints that they're blue because they were made with like blue ink on like mylar. We did not use mylar, we used paper. So we just got, you know, like thicker pieces of, it's almost like, not like poster board, but like, I'm trying to think of the name of it, but we had like thicker paper that you could draw on. And we had the May line, which is that like straight ruler looking thing on these cables that moves up and down. So we learned how to draft, which towards the end of architecture school, when I was in my fourth and fifth year, the incoming class, the first years were going straight to computers. So. Really, if you want that old school hand drawing drafting, there's only certain school universities that still do it. I know University of Notre Dame, I believe, does a lot of hand, more drafting um, via hand, not on the computer. So when you are looking at architecture schools, if that's something that you're more interested in, I would definitely recommend that you look more towards programs that do more drafting. Also, I learned to build my first architecture model. So we did a case study. I had a Louis Kahn house and we had to build like a little, kind of like an ADU, like a little guest house with it and in the style of it. And we had to draw the plans for it, the sections for it, elevations, and then also build a little wood model. So that was kind of cool. It was definitely, we did have a wood shop class, which is really cool. I think we had that every semester and we learned a lot of how to use a lot of the tools or the materials in that shop class based on what we were learning in studio, which I really liked how the program was set up that way, that as whatever you were doing in studio, the supplementary classes in some ways did help and assist. So for example, like I'll move on in third year, I'll tell you about when we made, like we had to learn and design and build in concrete. We learned how to make our own concrete, pour a concrete slab. So that was in our shop class. So things were adjacent, which was really nice. So first year we did drafting, we built models, we had to build a chair out of cardboard. So there was a little bit of just like fun, creative, just introduction to architecture. And then second year, we, the program when I started the school was every semester was a different material and you learned about it. Towards the end again, fifth year, fourth year, the school started turning towards like urban planning because we got a new dean from the Netherlands, Wheelerettes. And so this program started to change, but at least while I went through architecture school at Illinois Tech, this is how it was. So the second year we had wood fall semester and then masonry spring semester. And so our project for the wood semester was to build, I think it was like a community center. 
And the that year, the professors would get together and they would find a site somewhere in the city. We would visit the site, learn about the site. Usually it was a vacant lot or, for example, this community center was on Northerly Island, which I believe ended up having some sort of structures built on it. Towards the end of my time in Chicago, I think there's been concerts there. It used to be an airport, I think. I think back in like World War II or something like that. My memory's a little foggy on exactly what it is, but we visited the site and so we knew what the topography would be, what you know, what trees were there, any existing buildings around, which on this island there weren't. And we would design the project on that land. So that was a community center. Then for masonry for my spring semester, what did we do? Oh, I remember. Okay, so that was kind of an interesting project. We had to build cabins, design cabins in, I think it was Finland or Norway. I think it was Finland. Maybe Finland or Norway. I can't remember which anymore because of the northern lights. And so we had to design little cabins for like groups of two, four, and six so they could all observe the northern lights. So that was kind of fun. And it had to be made out of brick or masonry and all our details and our sections, we kind of learned about how do you design a masonry wall. And so that was second year. Also second year, something to note is we had the most amount of people drop out between first and second year, second and third year. Second year is definitely the year where people realize architecture school is for them because you've moved past the fun arts and here's, you know, building a cardboard chair to now here's architecture, you have to design a building. And we had a lot of people drop out, but we also had a lot of transfers because there were local community colleges that were able to let people transfer in into second year. So we did kind of even back out always. We were around 100, 110 uh, was my class. And we were one of the bigger classes, I think, before we graduated. So that was second year, which I had definitely one good professor. Then each semester, again, you get a different professor, different, you mix your studio group mixes, I can't remember if we got to vote who we wanted for our professors. I know towards the end we did. I don't remember if we did at the beginning. I don't think we did actually. Then third year, we had steel, fall semester, concrete, the spring semester. And these two, like third year was super fun because for steel, we got to design a firehouse, which was super cool. So of course we did a site visit to Chicago firehouses. We got to learn, how, we got to talk to firefighters, learn about, you know, how do they move through the space? What do you need for, you know, the fire trucks? So you've got the apparatus bay. How does just their day-to-day -day life how was their day-to-day -day life in the firehouse? And we got to design that. And that was super fun. I had a lot of fun with that because, I mean, when are you ever going to be able to design a firehouse, right? So that was kind of fun about architecture school is we did have like really unique projects, things that you probably wouldn't design, like cabins in Finland or Norway, whatever it was. You got to design or you had a firehouse. Then spring semester, we had concrete and we had to design a bathhouse. Now that was a little out there for a lot of people because a lot of people, bathhouses in the US aren't very popular. I had been to Japan um, a couple years before then, so I knew what an onsen was, which is like the Japanese spa. And once I graduated, I also went to Korea, so I know what a, and a Korean spa is, jinjimbang, right? And so I've been kind of familiar with spas in Europe. Spas are very common. And it was in the site for that project was in Lincoln Park, which was a park in like northern part of Chicago. 
And so again, we visited the site, learned about it. There's a pond and we got to build by the pond. We had to design all the different rooms and it was all concrete. And so you did renderings for that. That's at this point, you also maybe took a computer class or two. So you knew how to do certain renderings. I didn't really focus too much on learning about the architecture programs. I took more like filmmaking class and landscape class. And it was like prairie landscape class, which by the way, was super fun. We got to tour all around Chicago and visit all these gardens and then just like write an essay about them. So that was super fun for me. I also took a sketch class, which was really cool. We just went around the city, did a lot of sketching. So again, you could see those supplementary classes also where it could be fun, where it was just a little bit more low key. I think also to help balance with the stresses of studio. And then fourth year, I studied abroad and spent my fall semester in Paris, which was super fun. I worked on a really fun project there. Also, we had three vacant sites around the city that we got to choose where we wanted to build. I think it was a part. Yeah, I think we all had to design apartments, but we all had to have a theme, which mine was about multicultural living together. I think everybody do apartments. Now I can't even remember. So yeah, my apartments were about what it was like for multicultural families to live in one apartment building because the neighborhood that the site I picked on, it was a vacant site. The site was with in a street that had like multicultural, like they had a Turkish like restaurant and a Parisian, gro well, obviously a Parisian grocery store. And then it had like Armenian also restaurant next to that. And then there was a, like a different kind of source. There's all sorts of like different unique cultures all on one street. And I thought that was so interesting. I thought, wow, look in Paris, such a multicultural city. There's so many people from Algeria, of course, felt like such a melting pot in this certain neighborhood that I had chosen. So I was thinking, you know, what is it like when a lot of multicultural families live together under, you know, in one apartment building? And does it change because of the layout that they're used to. So I studied homes in Korea because there was a girl from Korea in our class. I talked to her about traditional Korean homes. I studied, of course, Parisian homes, American homes. There were some Indian students in my class as well. So I asked them about homes in India. And so I took all of this and I tried to put together kind of like a universal like apartment. There's from studio, one bedroom, two bedroom, three bedroom, to, I think four bedroom, and how they could all interchange and work when different generations live together. So that was kind of a really fun project that I worked on while studying abroad. And of course we were in Europe, so we took trips to Barcelona, Amsterdam, and then I personally traveled around Europe a lot. And then I came back for my fourth year of spring semester and I know I did a partner project. It was another, it's like a community center. Again, I don't know why we did so many community centers, but this community center had to do more with like health and well-being. And then we had like a community garden and that project was in Logan Square, which is a part of um, like northwestern part of Chicago. And then there's fifth year. So like I mentioned, fifth year started to shift more towards urban planning because we got a new dean, Wheelerettes. So my first semester, fifth year, it was kind of, so my professor didn't really know what he was doing. So I'm not really going to share much about that semester because it wasn't really good. But my last semester was really fun. I had two professors from Chile, Mauricio Pezo and Sofia von Elrichhausen. If you know Pezo von Elrichhausen, they're an architecture duo from Chile. They're an Arc Daily. They're kind of like 
mini celebrities in architecture world and they were amazing. I really had a great semester with them. We also designed a community center. Again, I don't know what was with all these community centers because I don't know how many community centers there need to be, but our site was in Chile, in Chilewa Island, which is a little island towards the southern tip of Chile, which I would really love to visit after learning a lot about it. And in Chiloé Island, there's a lot of churches that are made out of wood, these very colorful churches. And so we had to design a wood structure. It was kind of like a building for the community to go to. It wasn't exactly a church, but it was a place where people could meet, almost like a town hall. Maybe I shouldn't say community center. It was more of like a town hall-esque kind of place, but that was really fun. And so from all of these studio classes, I started making renderings, building models right out of wood. And that's what I would use for my portfolio when I started applying for internships and for jobs. Because in architecture school, I mean, maybe this is a different experience for somebody else, but for me, no one has ever asked me about my GPA. No one ever asked me about my grades. What spoke of the volume and what was my work was my portfolio. So where I worked, if I had internships, internships were really important. So when you, a lot of like my classmates had internships in the summer that would then bleed into the school year, which I did have one year. I actually did an internship at an interior design firm because I wanted to know how an interior design firm works. But there's just so much to learn about architecture that I just don't think you can learn it all in architecture school. And everybody says, like, you're going to learn the most about architecture when you practice it, when you do it. So I remember we didn't really learn about budgeting in detail and things like that because I asked one of my professors, I was designing the firehouse, and I said, you know, when do we learn about, like, how much certain things cost and, like, you know, when we select certain materials? And she's like... You're going to learn that more once you start working at an architecture firm. Architecture school, it's kind of make-believe. You're here to have fun, learn, you know, be really creative, not worry about the realisticness of budgets, deadlines, working with contractors, things like that. You're really there to just learn and have, it's more of a creative environment. So what you do know, need to know though, as an architect is, yeah, I mean, you need to know a little bit of the conceptual part about structures, but you need to know a little bit about everything. So of course there's a class, I had two semesters where I learned like the basics on mechanical, plumbing, electrical, landscape, kind of some of the boring, more boring stuff, especially it's called MEP, mechanical, electrical, plumbing. And so the MEP classes weren't really my favorite, but you did learn the basics and you learned a little bit about them. And it is true that is that's what it's on the exams now that I'm taking to be a architect, a licensed architect. So those classes, I definitely remember learning certain things, but I didn't think I know, you know, how much of it would be applied to my actual, you know, day-to-day -day architecture job. But I think overall, the five years were definitely a good foundation. I know architecture foundation, but Architecture school, it is five years, but it is a foundation towards your architecture career. Like you absolutely, also if you want to become licensed in the United States, you have to go to an accredited university, which means your school has to have an accredited program in order for the state licensure board to say, okay, yes, you went to a architecture school that has been accredited, that has passed these requirements 
and that you are at the same level as somebody else who also went to an accredited program. So that is something else you want to keep in mind if you are applying for architecture school. Is my school accredited? Look into what you want to focus on. Maybe the school does focus more on urban planning or you do notice it does a lot more hand drafting or more model making. I do kind of wish I knew that looking back on when I was applying to schools. Would I have gone to a different school? I don't know. I know, kind of thinking a little bit back, there was one school that caught my attention, which was Pratt Institute in Brooklyn. They were a little bit more on the artsy side, but I know part of it was the financial aid that came through for that wasn't as much as obviously as Illinois Tech. It would have been Brooklyn, it would have been New York, it would have been City, but there was something about Illinois Tech that kind of drew me to it. I don't know what it was. It's actually kind of funny. The day I went to the school or the weekend I went to the school with my stepdad to get the campus tour, it was freezing cold like Chicago was like just like you know what you want to move here I'm going to show you the coldest weather possible it's going to be freezing I was recovering from some sort of flu fever cold like I just was so congested like just maybe this is TMI but I was just so much mucus in my nose I was like dying and it was freezing cold you couldn't even see the city because it was so foggy I had to have like a coat I had to specifically buy a coat just for this trip the school was deserted because everybody was on spring break. And I remember my stepdad's like, how did you, why did you even pick the school? Like, I don't even know. Like we went, cause when we were in New York, we were looking at NYIT and we're going to go look at Syracuse, but long story, I didn't get in there. We went to Pratt Institute. We went to Philadelphia University and those were a lot of the East Coast schools I applied to. And he's like, there was like some really beautiful days we saw these schools. Why on like the most miserable, like terrible weather did you, you know, pick the school? And I was like, I don't know, there's something about it. And I do have to say, looking back on it, there was a little bit of love-hate with, of course, school and some of the professors and how certain things were done. But in the grand scheme of it, I am really glad I went to Illinois Tech. I think it did, again, provide a really good foundation for me. It was a great architecture school. It got me the five-year program I needed. It got me the accreditation and the degree, Bachelors of Architecture. And yeah, it was a great foundation for someone who definitely doesn't want to go back to school. I'm glad I did the five-year program. You don't have to get your master's to become a licensed architect, but you are more than welcome to. Of course, again, depending on what program you want to do, but there's just so many options and architecture is such a broad field. There's so many avenues you can take, whether it's hospitality or institutional or residential or commercial or, I mean, I think it'd be really fascinating to actually design a prison. I remember hearing about like, hey, you can design a prison and the amount of psychology and design that goes into all the situations for the space and there's just so many interesting things you can design, you can build, you can also work for animation studios, designing cities, just for movies, you know, there's just so much architecture can do for you. And then looking back on some of the, my classmates and where they are now, not everybody decided to go into the field of architecture because they had different passions. I have a friend who started an architecture school and then she had her own company where she was designing scarves 
and it's beautiful stationery and she's now gone into more photography and does wedding photography just architecture school can give you a basis for so many things I think because there is that creative aspect of it you do get a little bit of like the math and the engineering side and you know maybe you do want to focus more on that so you could do architectural engineering there's just there's so many ways architecture school can lead you to a different path and different interests and I think it's really important and really fun I think you would really like it if you like working with your hands or you like being creative, you like computer software, maybe you don't. You can. There's also still firms out there that do everything by hand. Like if you want to do it, pursue it, you will find a place that does it. Yeah, so I hope this was a little informational. So I hope this was informational. If you are curious about what architecture school is, what you missed, if you didn't go to architecture school, if you're thinking about it, or you know someone who may want to do pursue architecture, feel free to reach out to me with any questions about licensure or architecture school. I'd be more than happy to share my experience in more detail or give any advice. And if you like this episode, please give it a heart or thumbs up and click the follow button so you can stay up to date on the latest episodes. Follow me on Instagram at from the honeycomb podcast. Thank you so much and see you next time. Mm-hmm.